eighth episode. You are, make Boston. sure you're recording. Yeah, yeah, we are right now. It was like it wasn't going, but I was, I don't know. It was messed up. It's going now. We're at 15 seconds. It's just nonsense. Episode eight, Boston's Big Three minus GRD seems to be a recurring theme here. Uh, we got myself, Ty, we got the Spike King, and we got Ride the Waves' own Wes Hogan, Jim Hartbaugh. He goes by yeah, many good, things. Good to see you Great guys. Hard, hard to... Knocks, uh, um, what is that, representative. An ambassador, so to speak. Yeah, that's Brian, it. Brian, good to see you again since our trip to the city of paper champions. Good to, good to be back in your presence. Thank you. Uh, just to let you know that your uh, blurred background right there made that all blurred out. And I'm glad it's blurred out because we don't want to represent Cleveland as much on this. This is Boston's big three, not Cleveland's That's big right. three. right. Yeah, I took this from the city. That's pretty dope. Yeah, Cleveland's a good city. Right. And Cleveland gets a really I bad rap. Yeah, Cleveland gets a bad rap by everybody else out there. And, and I said this before, though. Cleveland is like the North Korea of the United States because you go there and you see all these <laughs> – you made that face. You go there and you see all these beautiful <laughs> – Listen to me. Listen to me. You go there and you see all these beautiful buildings and you're like, wow, this could be a lively city. It's 9 a.m. Monday morning and we're walking around the city and there's nowhere to no one to be found. Nothing's going on. That's why it's in North Korea of uh, the United States, because it's fake. It's all an illusion. You ever watch the interview with uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco? You're basing and they go, North, your North Korean knowledge of a, a movie. <laughs> well, if it's, yeah, on, yeah. If it's <laughs> a Hollywood, it's got to be true, right? Hollywood's all true. So I'm just saying that it's a beautiful city. I, I think sports really brings things in, but no one wants to stay there. There's nothing else around the city of Cleveland. So. Except North Carolina. I don't know, man. I love Cleveland. <laughs> Never what do you love about it? What do you, what do you love about it? I bought a Della Vadova at their team store, jersey at their team store, and they gave me this. It was a very nice little treat around Christmas time. They still they sell Deli jerseys? Yeah. Yeah, this was last year. Oh, I thought you meant the time you just went. Oh, like, no, no. Go. I was going to say, wow, you really made a splash <laughs> in the Cleveland market. It's got a lot of good food. It's a lot of good food. Uh, good people. They're, they're so much more receptive to Patriots fans than every other city I go to. No, they are. They were really nice to me when I was when I was over there. And it's funny because for their sports the last couple of years, like, I mean, they went to the NBA Finals a couple of times. LeBron won, uh, won one and brought it back home there. They had Game 7 of the World Series over there. They're going to have the NFL Draft coming up as well next year. They're going to have the Final Four for basketball coming up in a couple of years. Like, they get stuff in the city. It's just that no one wants to stay. They just want to do, like, a weekend, and then that's it. I'm out of here. I don't want to live out here. I would go live in Cleveland. Well, Unexpected Cleveland Talk is brought to you by 1 in 100. <laughs> 1 in 100 is the only online raffle Website giving fans and experienced seekers the chance to win tickets to live sporting events, concerts, music festivals, and more. Whether it be from your desktop or mobile device, winning tickets to your favorite event has never been so easy and fun. Choose your desired event, purchase a raffle ticket into the draw, and you can be the lucky winner. 10100, good people. We will uh, we'll see them at August 22nd at uh, something uh, Ride the Wave has up their sleeve. If uh, Spike and you want to dive more into that, you're going to be the man of the hour there. August, it's not, no, I'm not the man of the hour. We are the men of the hour. And it shouldn't even be men, it should be also women. You know what? We're doing the tattoo again. We've been saying this nonstop. Uh, tattoo, Super Bowl 54. We're going to be doing it. Uh, we're going to have a big unveiling party August 22nd at Six Stream. They're opening up their doors for 3.30 p.m. And I'm pulling all my resources into this because it's just not about the tattoo. It's about Pats Nation coming together. Let's kick this off right. This is the first home game pretty much for the Patriots, you know, in the preseason. So let's all get together. Let's get Fitzy out there. Let's get Silver Bullet out there. 
101 is going to come through. 101 is going to be sponsoring an open bar. They have a, a tab they're putting out there. I think it's going to be like 1500 bucks. Unlimited Bud Lights until they, until they, uh, for like an hour or something like that. Um, you so know, we're going to Bud Lights. Well, limited, like, <laughs> no, li- li- unlimited, limited Bud Lights until we find out, you know, it can't be free for everything. We're going to have Bud could Lights. Could be an hour, could be 1500 bucks. Yeah, it could be an hour, could be all three hours. It all depends on how much people want to drink. Be, could be 15 minutes. Yeah, it could be 15 minutes knowing who I am. And then, you know what? They're going to be out there. We're having a couple other things we're planning as well. We got Dan Balloons coming through. There's going to be uh, a band there as well. But you know what? Uh, best buddies, man. Like all, all proceeds that we raise, it's going to be a charity event. It's just cool what we're doing. And this is going to be Ride the Wave's first major event that we're putting on together. And again, it's not just about myself. It's not me. The tattoo is the driving force to get this going. We're going to have the check down there. They're going to be there. The NFL is literally going to film this. And um, it's going to be cool going back when we talked about this numerous times to go back on these podcasts and just hear how everything's developed. I cannot wait for next uh, Thursday night, August 22nd. And Wes is going to be coming up and making that. You, you don't need a ticket either to get in. You just no. show up to a tailgate. I don't, I'm not buying a ticket. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be one of the first people there. I'm going to say the whole time. Show up right at the restaurant. Just show up right at the restaurant, 3 30. We're going to have a couple people early. Uh, Wes, we should probably try to talk about bringing your harp up too, if we can get like a harp rental, because that would be nice if we do. Just ripping like the harp in the corner. Ripping the harp and, oh, we'll, on stage, we'll bro. We'll get them on stage <laughs> up there. So it'll be a good time, man. I'm just very excited for this, and uh, I hope that it goes well for Ride the Wave. Anybody that's listening out there, uh, the 30 people that listen to this, because it's all our staff members, you better get ready for this event. You better be on your A game. We need you at Six String. We need you to promote this event. You don't do it, and this event doesn't go well, you're fired. 100%. <laughs> The warden's sending you to a different jail. You can go somewhere else. You're not staying in my prison, okay? We need this event to be as big as possible. This place holds 1,300 people. I want this place to have 1,301. I want to have it one over capacity. That's what we need to do here. We do this together as a unit. We do this together as a group. We do this together as fans. We do this. Ride the Wave is going to have more events in the future at the Harp at Causeway, already talking last night with somebody, at, and we'll get this into this later, with the Taco Fall signing. They want to do a little GRD Spike King event at, I think it's called 222. It's a bar near uh, the TD Garden for Brian Scalabrini. They got Scalabrini coming up. So there's, there's things that are going to be coming off of this. If we could pull this together, and we do this. Is this, um... The wave's up. Is this inside the bar, or is it outside? Oh, uh, this is inside. The Six String is the biggest venue at Patriot Place. Again, they hold yeah. 1,500 people. They have a stage, a VIP area, one massive bar right in the center. So we're going to be inside the entire time doing Just this. Just to make it clear, you don't have to be 21 to come. Like You can be as however old you want. I think it's going to be 21 eventually at some time. Yeah, so not 21 plus. 21 plus is after the game's over. Same thing with any bars in Boston. It's, anybody can come in. I mean, if you're like, you know, 12 years old and you want to come to this event, I'm pretty sure you probably need a parent with you. Like, just cause it's like, we're not going to let like three 12 year olds just walk in here. And I don't know how you get to pay at your place. Anyways, if you're 12 years old, you got to have someone drive you. <laughs> yeah. You got to ride your bikes down route one. 495 and all that. <laughs> but <laughs> but that open bar tab does apply to juice. Kaden. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be 21. You gotta get, you gotta be 21 to order beer. And everything like that. That's on the bartenders and six string to uh, monitor that. But to get inside the door, it's absolutely 100% free. We'll have some raffles uh, 
for best buddies. I've actually pulled out a couple of things. Game with the Greats are giving them four tickets for Game with the Greats at the end of September, which is at Gillette Stadium. We got a James White signed autograph. I got in contact with James White personally. He's going to be doing that. So uh, for us and just donating that, we'll have a couple jerseys and stuff like that. We should too. give uh, Caden a fake ID just to see what happened. <laughs> like, no shot's going to work just to see what the bounce be, looks like. This guy's going to come up to Put the it. bar. This is the bar. And he'll be like, Hello. Can I just order? Can I order one? If anybody can sell it with a stare, it's Caden. (laughs) Yeah. I will rock you if you say no to me. (laughs) Betting man says Caden could pull it off. All right. So we got him a good idea. We go from one event to the other. We got Taco Fall Fall event last night. Where was it? That was at, uh, I don't remember. Right here. He signed it. GRD, bunch of Ride the Wave guys. They made it out there. Uh, I couldn't go. Whatever. Uh, we had a lot of content come out of that. Actually, there was a pretty good uh, turnout. I was kind of surprised. I didn't know how it was going to be. Uh, it turned out to be pretty well. And uh, you guys seem to be the center of the attention, minus the Taco Fall. You guys were walking around, hyping up the crowd, taking pictures left and right. So uh, how was that? All right. So huge shout out to Killer Kev and Dito for coming out and, and helping us out. Because they took like all the film. They took all the pictures. People were handing them the phones. Dito was taking every every picture and everything like that. They were monitoring us. And uh, also, Dylan was there as well, Dylan McDonald. And uh, Matt, it was my first time meeting him. Uh, I, unfortunately, I couldn't get them to sneak in or anything like that because they were in line. They got there kind of early. Uh, Matt Moraney, I think he's the other MLB oh, guy that's over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was there. Um, yeah, so hey, shout out, shout out to both of them. That interview they posted with Steve Farelli or Farelli. Yeah, I, that's I been the make it for a bit. They, yeah, uh, they yeah, told we'll, me about it like a month ago. We'll we'll, we'll talk yeah. more about that a little bit later when we get into some baseball talk, and we'll give them their their rightful dues. But uh, no, so we showed up around uh, I'd say six o'clock. Uh, the line was already down. Like it's a small shop. I love Boston sports. The line was like probably at least 150, 200 deep itself right there. Um, and then they had a separate line. Because you had to buy something in order to get in line to go do it. I will say this. They didn't turn anybody away. They might have turned somebody away like right at 830. And was like, no, we're shutting this down. Like, that's it. Uh, it was a great turnout. It's just unreal that Taco Fall hasn't played a minute in the regular season as a Boston Celtic. All he's done is played four or five preseason summer league games. And he is a absolute superstar. The guy who runs, I love Boston sports. Great guy said, I have never seen a turnout like this before. They've had guys like Matt Patricia there, or they've had, I think it was uh Brad Marsh on 2011 after the Stanley cup where it was huge, like huge lines like that. But they said for an individual athlete like that, we have not had something like that in a long, 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 long time. So it really just like spectacle of a human though. I think absolutely. that's what it does. And, and everyone got pictures and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, a couple, just a couple notes, quick notes. They're going to have another signing with Taco Fall down the line. I don't know when that is yet. He sat down the entire time. His manager just, I think she hates it. I think she hates the whole Taco Tuesday thing. I think she, because people brought tacos with them to the point where he started refusing to sign it. Like, he's just like, I don't want to, I feel like he doesn't want to sign food. And I don't think it's a good look. Kill a Kev hot take here. It's because he's from Africa and it's like thinks like it's a waste of food. And it's probably not a good look for a taco to be signing food items that are not going to be used. Just, Timmy I got his know. forehead signed. Timmy King, right? And Timmy King got his forehead signed, which kind of like he was sweating a lot. So half of it came off. But that was awesome <laughs> that he did that. Um, GRD, 
GRD can't handle this, dude. GRD is a fraud. He's a fraud because, first of all, he can't even show up on this fucking podcast. That's not that hard that we tell you consistently we're going to do it every single Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever. We give plenty of heads up. And number two is, yo, Babs, I can't believe you make me wear that dumb costume. That dumb costume got you a ton of attention, positive attention, that these little kids are coming up to. They're talking to you. They're shooting the shit with you. Within 20 minutes of us standing inside there from 730 to 750, he was already saying, Babs, I want to go. Babs, I want to go to the restaurant and go grab a drink. Babs, I want to go to the bathroom. I'm like, dude, we're, we're working right now. Every time someone went up and got a signature from Taco Fall, they came right over to us afterwards and took a picture. We were part of the signing, man. So you have to grind for that stuff. And I loved it. I enjoyed it. I like to talk to anybody. I mean, this is GRD's day anyways. It's basketball. This is all up for him. I will say one of the best highlights, though, was uh, after they shut the door, they do a private thing for the cops that were there, the people that uh, that work at the store, just do like a quick signing. And when me and GRD walked up to Taco Fall, he was like, "Yo, these are my guys right here." That made oh, me recognize you guys. Yeah, that made me. I mean, he know he knew who we are. Like when he first got in there, he saw us and he dapped us up, said, "What's up?" We took a quick picture, said, "Hey, enjoy the time," and then that's it. The guy is so fucking. You stand right next to him. His hands are massive. You see him slap me in the back of the head. You saw that video that Dito put out? Like, you know, I just got slapped. Dude, I feel like I have a concussion today because of that. But he's a massive, massive human being. But it was, a, it was I, mean, I love Boston sport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, no, you froze for a little bit. So I was just oh, to see if it was still going. They, my, um, my computer can't handle my rants. That's why. So, like, how, wait, how long was it? Like an hour, if that? Okay, so the event was from 7 to 8.30. But they actually went till nine o'clock, did a little overtime. How many know? people do you think was there? So we were counting it. And it was one of these things that um, so so the owner was talking about money and was just saying, like, you know, for bigger names, like New England pitcher grabs a lot of these guys. They pay him like 20 grand to, like, do X amount of appearances with them. Um, I feel like with Taco Fall, because you had to buy something like a twenty five dollar shirt. And Dito and I were looking around and we would say, dude, there had to be at least between. 600 to 800 people there. Like, that was not bad at all for a signing like that. And the camera guy got all worried because I told him to come over here. And then he's like, I don't want to piss anybody off. I'm like, dude, no one's going to give a shit. Let's get a taco like chant going on. It's going to be great for the news. And we made the news. Yeah. So, do you think he'd recognize you guys if you didn't wear your uh, taco costumes? No. But, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I was going to say. No, no. Yeah, not. you get straight big time. Yeah. No, you know what? Um, I can't wait till the season starts for the Celtics. I'm not a Celtics guy, but I can't wait till it starts. We go to the main Red Claws. We go to a regular season game. We'll get the taco costumes on there. We'll have a great time, man. Uh, my bad. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for uh, thanks I for was, paying attention. Thanks for fucking. No, I was hearing it, dude. Talking. I have a point. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're the greatest. This is why I'd rather do a fucking podcast on my own for 51 straight minutes. Because look at that. You just had. More time where you just stopped in dead air than I did when I talked for 51 straight minutes, dude. Seriously. I, you, I have... you're, you're, you started, like, hot the first first episode, right? Tyler Miller, typical Tyler right there. And literally, what you're is... falling dude, down every single week. Every single second. week. Every single week, you're falling down, dude. Why was... do you think I wanted Wes back on here? Why is Wes on the second has gone, dude. No, I had nothing to do with that. I had nothing to do with that. Me and you could kill a two, uh, one v one. It was an important text. It's for business. You might be losing a spot on here. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna produce it, dude? I just won't send the spy- Skype email. The person, the person that's Tyler, right he's next. just he's just gonna he's just gonna send it to you from now on. 
Yeah. Hey, edit we didn't this. want you yeah, on right. here. Ty, <laughs> <this. laughs> you could then edit yourself in though. Nah, that was on me. It was a business uh, email. I mean, text that I had to get to. But what it is? Uh, wasn't for ride the wave. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's really, really just. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, I'm not yeah, lying, dude. Yeah, sure. I could have easily lied. So it was GRD or something. Anyways, uh, Pat's preseason game that happened what last. I believe it's Thursday night against the Lions, 31 to 3. Babs has the biggest beef with none, none other than uh, Stidham. He thinks he's going to get cut. He thinks Brian Hoyer is going to be the guy. Uh, you saw Brady's reaction after Hoyer's touchdown compared to Stidham's touchdown. Maybe that's because of the score difference, or maybe it's just Boston media again blowing something out of proportion. But him and Dan Shea, I mean, uh, spiking Dan Shea. Doghouse Dan, uh, everyone's favorite 15-year-old that ride the wave. No, Caden's 15. Yeah, right. Caden's hopping off those power rankings. But let's hear, let's hear the beef between uh, Babs versus Stidham slash Dan Shea. There's absolutely zero beef against Stidham. Like, I don't hate the guy. Everyone's just saying, like, oh, why don't you like him? Why don't you like him? I love the hype train around him. But here's my thing. While you both are looking down at your phones and not paying look attention at the stats. to that. I'm listening, dude. Uh, I'm looking at the stats. I'm doing it on purpose now. I'm looking at pictures of, fo- I'm looking at pictures of foxes. <laughs> All right. I'm, so I'm, I'm Google I'm, Images. I'm going to keep this as short and simple. The Patriots are not going to carry three quarterbacks. They, they might. They might end up doing it. My whole thing is I don't think they're going to carry three quarterbacks. So that's going to leave who is going to be Brady's backup. Is it going to be Brian Hoyer? who has one year left on his contract, a journeyman of the NFL that does have trade value, or Stidham, who was drafted in the fourth round, who's a rookie that they want to keep because it's like, all right, we need to build up our future. So I've heard it on both sides. Yes, they spent a fourth-round pick on him. If they put Stidham on the practice squad, the chances of him going and being picked up on a 53-man roster on another team is pretty high. That's the risk you take putting him on there. With Brian Hoyer. Well, yeah, that's the only thing that can happen because you can't sign a player from a practice squad onto yours. If somebody Ex- else signs him, they'd be required to put him on a 53. Exactly. And is there going to be a team out there that's going to look at that and say, we need to get this guy. We're putting him on our 53-man roster. I yeah, feel like every, I- every, every single team that drafted a quarterback after him and has signed a free agent quarterback. I also <laughs> feel, how about this? If he was offered a job on a 53-man roster, but the Pats told him, hey, next year you're going to be the backup to Brady. Like, you're going to end up being that guy. Stay with us. Do you think Stidham would end up staying? Like, he doesn't have to sign with the 53-man team. And you're, and you're going to be like, dude, you're in the NFL. You want to play football. You're going to go on a team. But if you're told it's, this is the New England Patriots right out on the practice squad, he might even get called up halfway through the season. We never know what ends up happening. But like, that's not, even, that's like, not You see all these first-year quarterbacks just flame out right away simply because they're maybe not ready. The game's totally different. They're not as good. We waited for Mallet. We waited for Garoppolo. Obviously, Brady's playing way longer than anyone kind of really expected at a high level. We kind of were like, hey, learn behind Brady. Learn behind Belichick. Learn the Patriot way, and then you'll get your time. But here's here's my take, and this is what's going to kind of sum everything up. Brian Hoyer is so valuable to Tom Brady that Tom Brady does not want to let him go. Wes made the great point. Brian Hoyer can pick up a playbook just like that. He can go to any team and be that being a starting quarterback. Brady looks at Hoyer as, hey, I need to win one more. Like Brady wants to win seven. I want Brian Hoyer behind me to help me with the decisions I make throughout the season. I want this guy to mimic all the other playbooks that are going around. I want him to run out his contract in New England with me. That's why I'm saying if we had to choose between Hoyer and Stidham, 
Brady has say in this. Uh, absolutely, 100% has some say into this. Yeah. It's not like his decision. But if Brady goes, hey, I want Hoyer behind me, yeah, I don't mind helping sit him out, but there's A, no room for him on the roster right now, and B, I want Hoyer here. I want him behind me. I want to trust. Because what's going to happen week three in the season when Hoyer's traded away, Hey, Stidham, did you watch the film? What do you think? He's not going to trust some rookie that doesn't even know the league. He's going to trust Brian Hoyer, who's been around the block numerous times. That's the whole case of why I'm making this whole pitch about Brian Hoyer. He's valuable to Tom Brady. Obviously, there's a reason after Jimmy G and Brissett that Hoyer was brought back in and was under Brady. And there's a reason last year, although Etling was a seventh-round draft pick, there was a reason why, hey, you're just practice squad. We're not even going to teach you. We're not even going to bring you up here. Just gonna sit on practice squad and look at Etling. Now he's cut this year too. Time with the Falcons now, almost right away. Here's my thing. I don't. I don't have. I, I see the value of Hoyer. I just you're gonna be paying Dan Shea hundred dollars because the bet is is he on the fifty three man roster week one. And one of the problems with what you said is that there is no option for him to remain on the Patriots practice squad. If he's cut and placed on waivers, he gets claimed by another team be on their 53, we no longer have the rights to him. He can't say, no, nah, I'm going to stay here on the practice squad. That's not how that works. So he will not be on the past practice squad. Now, if there's any week that he's going to be on the roster, for sure, it is week one. That is the only week where NFL teams will occasionally carry two kickers, four quarterbacks, four punters, because they're still trying to iron out how what their plans are for that year. They will not have gotten rid of him by week one. I don't think they'll get rid of him, period. They spent a fourth-round pick on him. They could have taken a lot of other positions. And they clearly picked him because they like him. He's a smart kid. He played in multiple systems in college. So to, to the point that, you know, that he trusts Hoyer more, of course he does. But there's a reason they picked Stidham, too, and it's because he's a smart guy, and they see that sort of potential in him. He was not a first-round talent, but he was up there as far as quarterbacks, as far as how advanced they were and how polished off they were from a playbook and scheming perspective. Well, that's the only thing that's going to hurt me in this whole bet right. is that they'll carry three quarterbacks. They'll carry the three. But I'm saying right to you, Wes, if they have to carry two, are they going to get rid of Hoyer and trade him away and keep I think that they would get – yes, that's what I think because Hoyer could give you more immediate trade value and more teams are going to be interested in trading for Hoyer because they either – like, for example, Philadelphia, Nate Subtell gets hurt. They need a real reliable backup quarterback. Carson Wentz has been hurt several times. They would be willing to give up more for Hoyer, a guy that they know they could put in after two weeks or one week on a short notice, than, than they would be willing to shell out for Stidham. Does so that whether, whether or not the Patriots were to, would bite on that, he has way more value from other teams and is way more likely to get a there Is there even value in cutting a backup quarterback that you spent a fourth-round no. pick on compared no, to that, a that's something, that's something Bill would never do. Yeah. In fact, it would be unprecedented for him to do that. If you go back over 20 years, essentially every fourth-round pick quarterback, except maybe one or two, was on an opening day roster. Also, out of the people, the people in the bubble, though, like it can't be, let's cut the quarterback. Let's cut the, the fourth-round quarterback. Like Talent there uh, wasn't first-round talent, wasn't second-round talent, nor third, but it's talent there. Uh, we could mold all right, this guy. First of all, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, unprecedented. Bill Belichick just did it this year. He drafted a wide receiver in the first round, something he's never done. Second of all, yes, he was a fourth-round draft pick, but look where he was picked in the draft. He was picked number 31 in the fourth round. So now he's actually slid down to more of a fifth-rounder. And if the Patriots didn't pick him there, Stedham no, could have fell even more. Fourth overall. He was, still, he was still the Patriots took him at a fourth-round value. It's, it doesn't matter what, what of part round. of the round. Hey, it's fourth round. It, that, Brady, Brady is 199. He's still in what, seventh round or whatever? Sixth round, but he was a sixth round. But still going around for the fourth time, and they took him because they didn't feel he would be there by the time it went around for the fifth time. I just don't think that they cut 
you have like five people in the bubble, say, when one of them is Stidham, I don't see Stidham even coming like in conversation to cut. Hey, you could be right, and we'd all be a bunch of idiots, but who knows? Uh, quick thing. What are your thoughts? I, I didn't want to ask you about this earlier this week. I wanted to save your reaction for the podcast. Uh, 15-year-old Dan Shea, he goes, Babs, you know nothing about football. At 15, you know anything, don't know anything about anything. This moron thinks that he's like, oh, you don't know anything about football because he runs the NFL Instagram page. He's an idiot. This kid comes and says, I know nothing about football. And then I read back on some of the things. He's like, oh, why can't Nikhil Harry wear number one? Oh, why is he wearing number eight? Oh, why are they, he, has not, he doesn't even know the numbers. Like, he doesn't understand about the single digits that you, wide receivers can't wear single digits. And he's like, oh, I trust you, Wes, because you're probably right. He is fucking right because he knows the game. Like, Dan, Dan Shea, Shea, dude, you're on the hot seat, man. You started Dan a lot Shea. of unnecessary beefs. <laughs> you, know you know what I hate about Dan Shea, dude? You know, me and GRD come out with this thing, and we're like, we're looking at who's next. Like, we want a personality. We want this and that. I get a text from Dog. Dan Shea's crying. He's going to lose his job. Dan Shea and Adam are so nervous. You know what? You better be nervous. Dan Shea, there are plenty of other better people out there than you that can do your <laughs> job, that can come in. 100%. I'm not even joking. Like, there are people that message me every day. I want to be part of Ride the Wave NFL, and I just say no. Like, we're full. But now I'm at a point where Dan Shea literally is pissing me off, where I'm just like, we should just get let him go, and we can just have someone else fill in for him. And you know what, Dan Shea? You better hope. He's about to take 100 of your dollars. You're, no, he better hope. He's take 100 he bucks better, and He better. <laughs> yeah, that was a better, sick rebuttal. He better, he better hope that Stidham gets cut because if I give you $100, that's the last time you're ever going to be talking to me. It's $100 severance pay. See you later. Hotsy, Dan Shea. I don't think he, he saw this one coming. Maybe that's why a promo yeah. video was made. Brian's doubling, down, Brian's doubling down to try to get Dan to take a $50 buyout. Yeah, yeah. If he takes uh, a $50 buyout and pays me, he'll stay. Speaking of the uh, <laughs> looking at the Pats – People, personality, I want to talk about that a little. Uh, I don't know when you guys are going to make a decision, but we are looking for a new NFL guy. Um, I like our NFL guys. I'll say that. They're good. They haven't had the season come up yet. That's when they're fully going to like flourish, I believe. We don't yeah. have a personality. Yeah. That's what we're but, looking for. That's the confusion. But don't ask me for $450 to send two minors down to Miami when you guys haven't done anything for Gillette Stadium. Like That just bothers me. I'd rather spend $450 on the Spike King and go, and go have a ball because you know you're going to get content out of that. We're just looking for someone. Listen, Dan Shea's good at the Instagram stuff. Adam Pasquale is good at writing blogs. And Rune Dog's there to kind of piece things together. Has the red line guys there to work on a couple of things. But we want a personality that can go on that Instagram account, do live reports, not be afraid to put their face out there. And we're going to find someone. Someone eventually will come to us. Oh, Chris. We're looking for a, uh, like you said, like a spiking, a GRD, a Killikev, a Bruins Warrior, someone like that, except we just want someone for each sport. We got GRD and Kev for basketball, you uh, for NFL. But even then, like you have the spiking. Like, we want. We want to ride the wave media solely guy. Like you got to build your brand while helping us build our brand. We need to help like have a guy. If you're looking at this, you're like, I'll probably make a promo video about this. If you are wanting to work for ride the wave media and you have charisma, you have energy, you have the passion, you have commitment, determination, all that stuff in a giant like mixing pot. And you believe that you can get this job, send the best promo video to me, to spiking, to GRD, to anyone and we'll look it over. I've gotten two. I think I've sent you over one. One was just too bad to even send it. I'm not going to put them on blast, but buddy, come on now. <laughs> and, not and not only that, me and GRD will bring you to a Patriots game this year. 
We will bring somebody to a game with us because we want to see that personality. And you take us two big egos together, you mix it in with that third guy. That's just content city. So we are looking for anybody out there that wants to think or just think that they'd be like, hey, I can be the next GRD. I can be the next Spike King, Killer Cav, Bruins, Warrior. You want the next. We want a better version. We want you guys to come in trying to beat them. I want like like a seven or eight-year-old that's like an oracle of football that's overly cocky. We can do it. What do you have, Dan? Say we're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he can take it because we're kind of being mean. I mean, we're just telling the truth. This is nothing personal. We're we're telling the truth, dude. We're not here to coddle you and, like, hold you and tell you everything's okay. If you fucking suck, you fucking suck. And we're letting (laughs) you know. I'm staring right at the camera and letting you know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it happens. (laughs) Uh, No, but the NFL guys, I fully expect them to see. uh, Like we said, dude, we started this in March or April 1st, the launch date. We all got together in March. Once, once they had to wait the longest for their sport to come back. Once their season comes back, I do see them doing well. All I gotta say is I cut five people in the same day once, and that was a big bombshell, and that got everyone kind of rattled, nervous. Now everyone's starting to get content again. There could be another bombshell coming where I don't tell anybody about it. I just make the decision that's best for business. There is no hiding from the warden. He does hold all keys. <laughs> Not even that, Bab just gets like crazy sometimes. I'm cutting this guy, I'm cutting this guy, this guy's coming back, this guy's done. I'm like, take a step back. Like, let's talk about this. I don't know, dude. I'm cutting business, the whole team. Your business, you run it how you want, dude. Uh, I'm just here to uh enjoy I wanna run race. if I want to run into the ground, I'm running into the ground. But if I want to yeah, run into Bab those waves, to, like if Bab I'm, wants to create cap space and cut yeah. twenty. Yeah, he's tanking for next year's it. first overall pick, just dropping everybody. <laughs> he's trusting his own process. Uh, so for the other Pats guys, a lot of not a, ooh, not a lot of people played, uh, like big names wise. I don't even know who N. Brosette is, running back got the most carries. Never heard of him. Yeah, I he's not making team. He's not yeah, twenty two like carries, sixty six yards. Who was that guy? La- who was the guy last year? Uh, refresh my memory, West. He scored a couple Ralph of touchdowns. Webb. Yeah, Ralph Webb. Webb from- yeah. And, and and he looked really good, and he didn't make the team. I don't think he made the practice squad either. I think he was just straight. No, cut. and you know what that is though. It's kind of it's kind of a rough gig. I mean, you are giving them the trade off of exposure, but it's basically, hey, we don't want anybody who's going to actually make the team get hurt tonight. So why don't you tote the rock twenty times? <laughs> exactly. We'll just get. We just want more reps for our O line. We just want reps for the O line and blocking schemes. Exactly. In it's, terms it's of receiver, of, you got uh, Barrios is getting some catches, three for forty five. Nikhil Harry, two for thirty six. Uh, ben Watson, one for 14, and Dorsett, one for 11. Not Again, you're not going to see the big name guys preseason. This is uh, the see who makes the team, see who gets cut. Glad to see Barrios out there. I really don't know where like, I stand on the guy, but he was, he was a – we dropped him first overall last year. I mean, first round or second round. or No, that was late, 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 late. Never mind. The last round. Total other way. Yeah, I, 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 ugh, I can't talk right now. I either thought it was first round or late. You round. can edit that part out. Yeah, no, yeah. I won't, but I'll see these people. <laughs> I'll let the people see my mistakes. Uh, Barrios won't make the team either. Do you think Demarius Thomas will? I don't think he should. And I think if, uh, Wes, I think on the top of my head, he'll make $6 million this year if he actually plays the full season. But his guaranteed is like $700,000. So they should just get rid right. of him and not even bother paying him. Clear that cap he, For him to make the team, he has to be extremely optimistic. That not only will he definitely be back after eight to ten weeks, but that he'd be able to come back and be impactful. 
And he returned once too. Demarius Thomas, he's never returned. Oh, oh, I don't know why, dude. I think we're talking about Barrios. My dude, mind's a million dollars. Keep up with us, like this is unbelievable. Just I'm keeping up. I'm looking at the stats, dude. Uh, Demarius so Thomas. Demarius Thomas, though, big body receiver, like it's 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 probably something that Brady wants to have. But like you said, there's got to be a lot of optimism that he can come into later the season and actually do something. I see him honestly like a Chad Ochocinco. He, he's, to to yeah. he's just going to be on so, the team so, and he's just going to be a journeyman. I mean, I'm just saying that he's not going to make a big impact at all for the Patriots. I think that's oh, just oh, probably not, but, like but Reggie Wayne. Comparison. Like he's just at Ocho Cinco. He just sits on the team and doesn't do anything all Ocho, season. Even that. Reggie Wayne came in as a big Ocho, name. Ocho, Ocho, and gets cut. Yeah. And Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne also was retiring, but, yeah. but Ocho Cinco couldn't win the playbook. That would not be an issue for Thomas. It's just, I mean, we, he's been on a weird declining trajectory for years, and it goes back to when he, Interestingly enough, he switched to a vegetarian diet, and John Elway was his. And that's when he really started phasing him out of the offense. And they've been shopping him for a couple of years because John Elway is convinced that it makes you weak. And you know what? His numbers don't really refute that. So yeah. I don't know because, man, that guy, when he came up in his prime, he was a monster between speed, strength, just run after catchability. And we haven't seen that in the last several years. And he's been getting hurt more. So eat meat. This is one kids. of the most slept on, like, big, like, like that you just described type of wide receiver of all times. Marquise Colston. Nobody ever talks about him anymore. He was a stud. I had him on my fantasy team. Saints all-time leader and touchdown catcher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel as if he doesn't get enough credit for how good he actually was. Probably because he played played in a college program that doesn't exist anymore. Um, He was not flashy. Hofstra. Seventh round pickout. And um, he... What are you doing? Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> after you're done, I wanted to go on something else with the NFL. We didn't have written down, but you could finish. Oh, no, go ahead. I mean, that's... He, finished he was now. Not you finished, <laughs> dude. <laughs> the hand goes up, the conversation we, we, stops. I just wanted to keep this conversation going, but it was just NFL. The NFL today, or uh, yesterday, you heard about uh, Andrew Luck, and I just want to hear your thoughts about Andrew Luck, Wes, and, and his injury. They've just... I mean, it, it's just poor ownership personified with how the whole thing has gone down. I mean, they've essentially misjudged, misdiagnosed, mishandled money around him. I I feel bad for the guy at this point. Like, we'll see if he can play or not. I mean, it's honestly, you can't believe anything medically that has come out of Indianapolis about him. You know, it's like, oh, he's ready to go. He's not ready to go. You've got the owner saying he should be ready to go, and he's basically being soft when, like, I've watched Luck since he was in college. I don't think anything about him is soft. I mean, there's some sort of disconnect there where I just – I don't know what to make of any of it. It's, and it's unfortunate because he's really one of the best quarterbacks of this time period. He's succeeded and made his team good regardless of who's been around him anytime 100%. he's healthy. And, I, feel and, bad for and, our, I feel bad for a resident guy, Mikey, big Colts fan there. Andrew Luck is the best quarterback when healthy in the league. I, I think so. I think he's one of the – or one of the best. Like, he should be. And I just feel bad that his talent has been wasted all these years just because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And we all thought on paper this year the Colts would probably – because I keep saying the Raiders, but everyone's been saying the Colts could be that team to give the run for the money this year. They went on an amazing run last year and towards the playoffs. But just already off the bat, luck's hurt, and who knows what's going to end up happening this year. And for me, Patriots fan, awesome. That's just one last team you really have to worry about going into the yeah, playoffs. I, I feel the Colts finally had a few uh, – well, they finally got a good coach, Frank Reich, a good offensive-minded coach. 
Um, they've finally done better from a GM's perspective. They've got studs on defense. I mean, they've drafted extremely well. The last two years, two home runs with their first two picks, Clinton Nelson and Darius Leonard. And they finally have some good pieces. they got a bell cow running back, a really good O-line, a couple good receivers. Uh, they brought in Devin Funches to bring in some more athleticism, too. And it's just like they've Who's finally got back again? Mack? Mar- Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. He's tough, man. I mean, we saw it down the stretch last year, but I think he – He's primed for a really big year if Luck doesn't play much. I'm not gonna lie. I played. Uh, I did like a season mode in Madden last year. It was eventually like Pat's Colts, and I see like M Mac. I'm like, that's like one of those made up guys that like they draft. It's like the fourth round. I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. And then I see him on like Red Zone one day. I'm like, wait, that's a real human being. That just totally threw me off. I have no idea who he was last year. Uh, what do you guys? Yeah. Babs and uh, West, do you like the safety for the Pats, uh, Obi Melifano? So that dude is a freak athlete. As far as like, you know, he came out of UConn and he was basically yeah, he's like from the Byron town Jones. next to me. Oh yeah, yeah. So now, he played high school football against like all the people in my high school. He had he was a running back back then. Five oh, touchdowns, yeah. four hundred yards in a game. It was like seventy-five to like two. It was that crazy. Is a freak, and I mean, and it, he was there right after Byron Jones was there, who was like, you know, made on an assembly line as well. Yeah. But. He just hasn't been able to put it together and, and or stay healthy. So it's like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't expect anything from him. If he makes the roster, that's a positive sign. But um, his brother's at Syracuse as a corner. I used to play. He's my age. I would play football like Pop Warner with him growing up like twice a year every year. Uh, what's his brother's name? Ify Melifano. How'd that go? He's good. I'll say that. <laughs> they're each probably going to make the league. Nah, they're good people. His uh his cousin Obi's cousin actually works for the Mass Pirates, so shout out to the Mass Pirates. So I've seen Obi a couple of times. He is a freak yeah. nature athlete. There was a reason why they got him from Oakland last year and they brought him in. But uh, like you like Wes said, dude, if the, you can't stay healthy and you can't show any improvement from last season to this season, see you later. But uh, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. He's that bubble guy that probably might get cut. And then last thing before we transition, uh, Chase Winovich made his debut. Linebacker out of Michigan. I went from hating him to having to love him because Penn State, Michigan. And now uh, I don't know what's uh, what are you guys' thoughts on his uh, debut? He had two tackles and assisted tackle in a uh, second and a half. Just just in general, this page's defensive line is going to be like the best in the league. They had I think nine total sacks last week. Now again, you're playing against backups and and it's the Detroit Lions. They didn't look great at what uh, at at all, but I just feel like this defense as a whole is going to be the best defense of the league. Chase Winovich is going to be a fan favorite this season and just going forward in general too. He's your future like captain, like that future guy that's you know, I'm talking 5 6 years down the line. Um, you know, I, I just feel that Chase is going to take him some time, but having that Michigan behind him, Tom Brady loves Michigan as well too. Don't forget that. And, um, he's a great opportunity. I, I heard great things about him as a individual for charity work as well. So something that the Patriots love, and this is what silver bullet told me is like charity work. You could be kind of a shitty player, dude. And if you do a ton of charity work in the community, they'll keep you around Kraft and Belichick, especially like that. So I'm not saying that Chase Winovich is a bad uh, player, but there's a couple guys. There's a couple guys out there that I know. I don't want to say names because I don't really know them off the top of my head. But I know that there's a couple of players that are like, why is that guy still in the Pats? But they do a ton of charity work nonstop. So Brandon Bolden's of the world. I can't. I can't wait to see like what Winovich ends up. Brandon Bolden's a core special teamer. Dude plays on four units. He won for Miami. Every single time I see Brandon Bolden have a ball, he fumbles it. 
Like uh, it's not even me just trying to make a joke. Like I think Miami, legitimately man. every time. All right, every time, but one time I see Brandon Bull. I feel as if he just drops the ball or always fumbles it. Like every time uh, I see him, I he fumbles the ball. Also, Chase Winovich's parents. No silver bullet. We might get them to come August 22nd to the tattoo event. If we could somehow pull Chase Winovich into that event, that would be cool. Or we could pull him to the best buddies. I have a beef to uh, pick with him. He single-handedly beat Penn State last year, like 52 to 9. I don't even know the score. It was a lot, but he had like 45 tackles. Well, you can talk to him in person about it. Yeah, I'll have him knock me clean out. That'll show him. Anyways, Hard Knocks last night, episode 2. Uh, I know me and Babs watched it. I don't think Wes got around to it, but we had, I wrote some notes down while watching it just to kind of talk about, and I think Babs did too. Uh, let's lead off with John Gruden, the single best person in football on the mic. He's the Vince McMahon of microphones in the NFL, the John Cena's, the rock Stone Cold Steve Austin's. He's just good at it. Like, it's so crazy because it's like, normally you just tune out, like you check your phone and everything, but every single time he talks, it's like the most engaging thing of all time like if i was a player there was no shot i'd zone out or anything oh yeah now chucky and that's what and, and that's why we noticed how bad jason Witten was on monday night because we've been spoiled from having john madden to john gruden who are two of the most you know electric knowledgeable football guys and interestingly enough both raiders guys um in the history of the game so yeah i mean when that guy when that guy talks i mean it's like a freaking magnet to your ears um he's something else he's good tv He's, he's a great coach, and I feel it that he's disrespected. I think the casual fan that sees him doesn't understand the impact he had in football prior to going to the booth on Monday Night Football. I mean, this guy won pretty much, you know, he won a championship with the Bucks back in 02. He brought the Raiders to the, uh, the divisional game or whatever like that in 01, uh, the snowball game, the tuck rule game. But he gets no, and he gets no respect, but this guy literally has been in the booth X amount of years and uh, has been studying the game nonstop. He knows everything inside out. You give him some time with the Raiders. Give him time, and that team's going to turn around and be one of the best teams in the league. I really, I really think that. Yeah, they went four and twelve last year, and and maybe this Under year they six don't. Wins. Maybe this year they don't do it. They go five and eleven. I know we argued about this, but you got to give them a couple years, a couple drafts. Gruden has to literally groom that team to be his team, and that team will be the best in the AFC, especially when you know the Patriots' t- uh, clock is ticking. One of I mean, the biggest take a ten-year break. Take a ten-year yeah. break from any career, and you, and like you're not gonna, you know, I I, I challenge anybody to take a ten-year break and go back and try to your first time around, you know, perform at a high level. Yeah, like one and of the biggest guy, takeaways yeah. I got was that the whole coaching staff was like, we're doing things different this year. We're, I, this is like a totally different thing. I'm sure they hear that every single year, but I, like, they're actually I think just they, being way I think the they, they tanked last year in, in a way, too, to get a high draft pick. I mean, there's yeah, no once they knew the season to, was done. Yeah, there's no reason to go out there and play at high speed, high capacity. Like, you know, they still were dealing with Marshawn Lynch, and he was still on the team, and he was hurt. And uh, they didn't have really any receivers last year except Jared Cook. So they ended up uh, really changing the team. It's a different offense this year. Uh, Derek Carr is buying into Gruden. There's a way. There's a reason why he's staying there. And uh, I think it just gives them time to catch themselves up. I say AFC title game because I like the hot takes and I just want to push for something because there's going to be that team that makes a surprise every yeah, year. Yeah. And I think it could be them this year. But give them a couple of years, get them well rounded, and Gruden's going to have. There's a reason why he got signed ten years. $100 million. They know there's a long-term commitment. It's not like we're bringing you in for three years and, and turn around. That Raiders organization and, and Mr. Davis over there believes in him. And truthfully, I, I honestly... Oh. 
Keep Come going, on, keep going. Keep going, keep going. Uh, we got a timer, dude. Yeah. yeah no, well, keep going. You're good. Uh, well, I was just going to say, so so with Derek Carr, I mean, I think that him at Gruden is a great fit for him. Gruden is one of the, you know, the great quarterback-centered, you know, QB-friendly offense kind of guys. And, and interestingly enough, you know, Derek Carr, I want to say his worst NFL season as far as, like, touchdowns and interceptions, he was still probably plus nine. Yeah. Like, he's actually played well on some bad teams. And last year he got absolutely crushed. But he actually – his quarterback rating was probably pretty comparable to all to his good years, so to speak. But he got sacked 50-something times last year. Like, it was just a mess around him. And so, like, a lot of people have well, moved on from Derek Carr. But this is a guy that's proven he's accurate. He's smart. Going back to his college years, he's a he's an under 2% interception rate guy. Um, going college and in the pros, like, and he's athletic. He's got a good arm. He's smart. Uh, I think that we could see a lot of you know improvements so and, to speak with him on Gruden. And you said he got sacked X amount of times last year. Is the reason why they bring Richie Incognito on a kind of a team friendly deal? That guy. Sh- some people say he shouldn't even be in the NFL for some of his antics. Well, Gruden's going to take the risk on him because hey, he's good in his position. He's gone to that Pro Bowl four out of five times. If that's what you said. So, um, and Trent Brown too. Yeah, yeah, Trent Brown and, and Richie Incognito. Like, Trent Brown, yeah, like, yeah, I think he was overpaid, and we're going to see what happens. But, bro, like, they, their offensive line is going to look better. That offense is going to look way better than last year. Just don't sleep on the Raiders. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you gonna... think about it, though, so if you get sacked 50 times in a season, that's almost getting sacked one out of every 10 pass plays, if you do the math. Like, yeah. getting actually sacked, not just getting hit. That's yeah. how bad it was last year. This could be kind of a weird thing to say because as soon as you bring people's kids into it, everyone becomes like the social justice warrior. But I feel as if every single like scene with Derek Carr and his kids is unbelievably fake. It's the most like corny, look how happy we are thing of all time. It's just like cringy to watch. I'm like, there is no way that you guys do this every single time. Like obviously you're on cameras, you have to make a show. But I'm like, this is just uncomfortable to watch. I'm like, this is. Ugh. It's for their personal family movies. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like it's just they get the clip and then they'll look back on it as a family. Remember that good time that we had 15 years no, ago. No, I get that part, but I think it's just. I, I just saw a lot of people talking about it on yeah. Twitter. I'm like, I agree with this. This yeah. is a good point. I, I, I have no problem with that stuff. I and mean, I'm also 20. I don't have a kid, so that's probably. Yeah, man. Yeah, what do you know? Better not have a kid. <laughs> Uh, Antonio Brown, he described his feet as getting circumcised. That's how he described his <laughs> blistering. Uh, th- that was just a quote I had to throw in there. But that's not the biggest Antonio Brown news. He refuses to wear a helmet. Yeah, oh, so, so uh, <laughs> since, Wes, since you didn't really watch Hard Knocks this week, um, I thought that so they rude. really... I thought they really breezed by the whole helmet situation this week. Um, and because we saw all the Twitter breaking, we saw everything going on, and it was more of like saying how it was a circus and, and this and that. We thought we'd see it. They just kind of, you know, just talked about it, but they didn't make a big deal. We're going to actually see it next week because they're all going to talk about it and him coming back to the team and everything like that. Yeah, but I still, feel, edit, so. I still feel like it's HBO and Hard Knocks being told by maybe Gruden and them, like, we don't want you to really hammer about this. It's a non-issue. We don't want you to make it an issue. Even Gruden during it in some of his press conferences was saying, this is not an issue at all. They would ask Derek Carr, it's not an issue. It'll get figured out. No worries. Like, blah, blah, blah. But from the we saw from everything that was breaking news it seemed like it was a fucking big deal and that antonio brown was a drama queen he's a head case it's all the shit you he see is a, he is a drama queen but you that's didn't what, see it but you didn't see it in hard knocks that's what i'm saying they just right, but, I'm saying that, but, but going up before this his like quote all season or all off season he said it multiple times i don't need football right and basically he was trying to prove that he thinks football needs him so he was like you watch if i refute this i'll bet you they bend over and give me my helmet and he was absolutely wrong because 
that's one of the great things about the NFL is it can't be held hostage by one player. And he honestly thought that he was capable of doing that. He also Even came though into Tom practice Brady... with a hot air balloon. Like, <laughs> you're trying to make a statement, dude. Yeah. Their entire segment of just ripping Nathan Peterman was one of the funniest things I've ever seen Hilarious. on television. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> they spent I probably thought... 10 minutes of this throwing bills, interceptions, all this stuff. And then he threw interceptions in practice and then Gruden ripping him on the sideline. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing talked, out there, man? We talked about this a couple episodes ago because there was that quote. I did the, uh, I remember the quote. And I did the podcast on my own. He said, uh, John Gruden spoke highly of Nathan Peterman, right? And I was like, uh, um, he sucks anyways. He's just a walking meme. Literally, HBO made fun of him because they talk <laughs> about him being the third string. And then they showed a highlight of him getting picked off multiple times over and over and over and over again. This is my point, though, is his like 50-yard preseason run the best play of his career. It and might I and I made a note saying the NFL like highlighted that like they were on their Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and they showed that play and everyone's making fun of him. Yo, he's the goat, the goat emoji, this and that. But if you watch prior to that, he sucked all game and Gruden was getting all pissed off. He looked, he was just like, you know, he's getting cut. Like he's not making the team. He I, absolutely I need, 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 need a Nathan Peterman game. Like more than I need oxygen to breathe. He threw a touchdown to that Doss dude, the uh, the dude from Oakland. Yeah. I like Anyone could have thrown that. Dan Shea could have thrown that touchdown, dude. They were right on, like, the one-yard line. It's now, not what's that interesting about Peterman— This boy just me talking about, uh, like, Doss. That Doss, they did a good, uh, a good like, one-on-one stuff with them. It's kind of cool. It was like a hometown— It was like the Obi thing that we were talking about earlier, except it's yeah, with yeah. the Hard Knocks crew. So what's interesting about Peterman and Gruden, though, is Gruden liked Peterman for a while. He actually went out, you know, when he was coming out in the draft class, he said he was the most NFL-ready QB in that class. And, and I mean, you see it, he signed him right away when, yeah, when yeah. he yeah. got him. Like, he likes Peterman. So, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Peterman is on your 53-man roster. Oh, jeez. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where he knows he's wrong, but he's like, you know what, I'm keeping him just because I'm going to say I'm right. Like, like some Just because sp- I said so. Yeah. And he liked Mike Glennon. I think that Glennon's the backup there. He's he, six he foot really six, dude. I didn't yeah, even recognize tall. that. He's, oh, he's, he's, Glennon's a monster. Yeah, he looks yeah, good. Yeah, I remember he's over Gruden. He's like, "Come on, Mike," and then he's like, oh, "Sorry, coach." <laughs> the gentle giant. Uh, one thing I, went from went from Russell Wilson to Mike Glennon, and it was a weird transition to watch. I want to just talk about uh, three things here because we do have to be kind of quick here because we're running out of time. Uh, uh, things that I had no noted here: Jonathan Abram, number twenty-four, gonna be a stud this season. I don't like him. Rookie. I had that. I didn't. So, like him. so you might not like him because he's a little cocky in the way he talks and probably held, uh, holds himself in a high regard. But if you watch him for his playmaking yeah. ability, that guy wants to hit you. That guy wants to drive you to the ground, and that guy is gonna be a playmaker. I don't dislike him because of all of that. Like I uh, dislike him just because. I think he does his job well. He's a guy you love to have on your team, hate to play against. I don't think I think he's he knows the lights and cameras are on him. He's trying to be a little too extra. I'm like, dude, you're a rookie. Like you you're good. You're a good football player. Yeah. You're not Hall of Fame just because Charles Woodson talked to you during the HBO stuff. Yeah. Obviously a cool moment. I don't know. I, I'm not the biggest Jonathan Abram guy. I think he's just too much for like the cameras. I'm sure uh, I, the cameras I mean, are there. Like, he's, well, he's a stud player. He he honestly, you know, he, I'd say he kind of reminds me of Rodney Harrison when he was young too, as far as the way he plays. And and that's and here's the thing: he was a clear first round talent, but I thought of him as a mid round professional. For you know, the past interviewed him. We we talked to him either. Um, we might have used one of our top. I think we used one of our top thirty interviews on him. And we clearly could have traded up to get him if we really wanted him. But he's he's 
difficult to work with. We've seen that him arguing with Gruden about hitting people in shorts and a t-shirt and like Bill's and not going to spend a first. There's a reason he's, read the he's road. And just and just too, he, he was uh, sitting. I think it was in the first episode. He was with Derek Carr, and he's like yeah. talking with them, and it was just so awkward. So I feel like him and Brady just wouldn't mesh well. Like he, it was he can't read a room. He, he can't. He can't see Gruden actually doing that. He can't. He can't see. Oh, Derek Carr, you just got paid all this money. You should be paying. He's like, all right, man. I'm just trying to take yeah. you guys all out to lunch. Like I'm just doing uh, my quarterback veteran duties. Especially, I want to give a shout out to number 98. I don't have his last name. I forgot to write oh, it Max down. Yeah. yeah, so he ended up breaking his hand up. during the game. And, and they, you know, they mentioned, like, this is your only shot that you might make the team. Yeah, yeah, and he, uh, he, got a, he got put in a cast and he went right back out there. And I think Gruden saw that and liked it. He knows that this guy is not going to bitch and moan. Oh, my hand's broken. Like it's the last broken. chance you do. He, he was yeah, complaining. Yeah, all he was complaining because he had to do conditioning. Like, it's like, dude, like, this yeah, guy's getting a cast. Day. And they told him, you can play in it. It's going to heal four to six weeks, but you can play in it like a, a stub. So I, I really respect that. And the last thing I have here is that that Raiders stadium stinks to high heaven. Yeah. I hate the whole grass and dirt yeah. field. It just looks wild. I was watching. I was watching in the um, hard knocks with somebody, and they were even saying like, "It must suck to play on something like that, being tackled in the dirt. It just throws you off." That's probably why the Raiders have stunk in the last like 15, 20 years and thirty years, just playing in a stadium like that. I cannot wait till they go to Las Vegas and have a real stadium with a real training facility and everything around them dedicated to them. That's another big thing about the Raiders for their future is and the, and why it's a hot take of them going to the AFC title game this year is because it starts buying into that culture again and people want it. They have a good fan base already. There's a lot of closet Raider fans out there that I'm not going to watch them because they stink now. They'll all come back out. They'll get their 90s throwbacks out there. They'll all be Raiders fans again on the West Coast. Now, you know what? You know, as bad as that stadium is, and I hate it, I can't wait for them to get rid of it. It is a great home field for a lot of reasons. Other teams hate playing there, but man, you know where that has such a huge effect is the kicking game because you know what they always do? They call timeout in between the first and second quarter and the third and fourth so that the team has to kick a field goal out of the dirt. And, like, the percentages just plummet on those kicks. And they always do that, and it's so annoying. Yeah, you could definitely use that to your advantage, but I just feel like if you're a player, you just, like, and you're a new player, just, like, you would hate, you would hate playing there. Oh, that would suck. All right, we're about an hour into this. Let's uh, wrap up with some questions. Uh, spiking anything. I'll pull up the one from the main page. Not really one good one. Dylan Dot Wilson and 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 how did Ride the Wave Media become a company? Was it like an aha moment or was it over time? All right, Dylan, let me tell you what happened. Uh Spike King wanted to start this thing, so he called up me. He's like, Hey Ty, we never met before, but I need you to take this to the moon. And I was like, All right, dude, I got it. And then he called over Wes. He's like, Hey, uh, I'm gonna have you do this thing because GOD is gonna always bail. So yeah, that's basically it. Now we're here. To be honest, that's, that's how, that's how, how I remember it, too. Sport, yeah. That's the Sparknose version. Like, yeah, I didn't apply. Sparknose. They called me. They Literally. offered me, like, $45,000 like, a month. <laughs> no, I will say this, that Ride the Wave is, and it wasn't going to be called Ride the Wave, but I just known the second that Barstool Sports left Boston, there was just a, a hole open for someone for the taking to have a personality to kind of mimic what they do. They have an awesome blueprint. I mean, they first, first sports were not – 
trying to be Barstool. We just want to mimic what they do. And a successful uh, business plan that people should follow. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a, a, a soda company. Obviously, they're doing something right, like Coca-Cola. You're going to be a local soda company. You're going to mimic some of the stuff they do, whether it's marketing or whether it's formulas or whatever it is. That's probably a stupid example, but you get what I'm saying. Any business model is going to have a competitor. Again, we're not competing because, you know, it is what it is. We're never going to be Barstool, but we're just, you know, having fun out here. We're doing great things. But my thing, too, is building credibility over time. I mean, GRD is the heavy hitter because he already has a brand built. Last year, I invested so much time into myself that it paid off because the Pats won the Super Bowl and the tattoo worked out. After that happened, I was like, okay, now we can take the next step and try to start a company off of this. And because uh, now you meet all these resources, you meet a lot of people. But this idea has been going around for like two and a half years. And again, it's just timing. And it should go to show everybody that works with us or anybody out there. It literally is just timing and things just don't happen overnight. Like somebody says you have no money and no following. Well, you know what? It doesn't happen overnight. Money doesn't grow on trees. But you should have waited one more week because then we end up getting a nice contract for one in 100. Thank you, one in 100. But, you know, these things are going to take time and. I am very blessed and fortunate to have met a lot of good people around, uh, along the way setting this up be- with you guys right here. Wes and Tyler, heavy hitters for us that were here day one that, you know, Tyler immediately put MLB on the map, got them to do a podcast. Socks and Fools. And are bailed. So, for, <laughs> yeah, but you're more important. <laughs> no, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. He used them as a stepping tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wes comes in and takes our website. I got all this settled. I can do all this for you. Does a ton of graphics. And, and me and GRD definitely. So don't say the, web, the website is in shambles. So, yeah, don't put that yeah, on me right yeah, now. Yeah, well, it is. But, it you know. <laughs> but, uh, and, and there's a lot of great people that everyone's starting to learn their niche. They're starting to learn their role that we can start bringing a little bit more people in here. I mean, I already got the Bruins Avengers today. They messaged us and they said, hey, we want to be part of Ride the Wave. That's cool. The whole point of Ride the Wave, anybody that's out there is, yes, like I own the company. I'm the head honcho here, but I literally am not here to make any money off of you like at, at all. I want you to go out there and build your brand. You go get noticed. We have the platform. We have a website. We have a company. We have Instagram following, social media following to give you to go make a name for yourself. I'm not selfish here. If I make a million dollars, how am I making 10 people, 100,000, how am I making 20 people, 50,000? I literally don't care about the money. I just, you know, I do want to make this into a job or be something. But if you come out here, example, MLB Hot Corner. I went to the Sox guys. You guys are doing everything. Name yourself, brand yourself. You might have a company that comes out. Hey, we want to give you $200 for a sponsorship. You don't have to go through me. That's your money. You yeah, go like make they that. Just, they just, that. like we were talking about earlier, we can throw this in now. Redline guys, they put out a better what's wrong with the Sox, ask Sox questions than I did. I, yeah. And I put a good amount of time into that. Just but you wait. know what's cool? Sometimes it happens, but they, they went out, they yeah, killed it. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. No, it was way better. That was the first thing I said, dude. <laughs> Dylan, and, uh, Dylan and what's his name? Matt. They interviewed that Ted Williams like guy. Yeah. I forget his name. That was awful. That was, that was a long process. I knew about that when it started. I, I don't think I mentioned anything because I wanted it to be more of a surprise. It came out awesome. Like I watched the whole thing. I did, and, and it's one of those things that at this company, again, just go out and do things. Like, I'm already busy. I told you my schedule. I have two calendars right here of just everything. I, I am overpacked and overbooked where I'm moving stuff around. Just because I'm busy shouldn't be like, oh, Brian's busy, so this is not happening. Go do it. Go get it done. As long as it's not hurting anybody. We're, we're all set and we're straight for that. And this is what's cool is that a lot of people can make names. I want people to get hired by Nesson, NBC Sports, Boston, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Barstool Sports, Bleacher Report, House of Highlights, whatever you want to do. I want to showcase your talents out there because guess what? The whole point of the Boston youth movement is there's always going to be young kids that turn 15, 16, 17 years old every single year, every single day. There's always going to be someone that needs to get experience. I tell the Redline guys, you go off to college. 
you now have five years experience at working at a company. Even if this company is like a quote unquote company, you still have experience that you can go and be, I can write a little resume builder for them. Here you guys go and go get hired somewhere. Go do that. Cause guess yeah, I mean, what? We keep getting older. We keep getting older and they stay the same age. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll say this though, I'm I'm worrying about myself too. I hope I get picked up somewhere. I'm trying to work on stuff my as a self goal too. I don't want to be a business owner. I fucking hate it. I hate being the head guy at the top. I'd rather just be the content machine for somebody. He's just waiting to get bought out. Yeah, <laughs> we already had an offer, and I said no. So twenty thousand. Oh, I hated. I hated twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, right. For half half the company. Yeah. That's. That's 20, 20 cents in business, dude. Good yeah, call. Yeah, that's nothing. If no, you, I'm if you saying, took like, that, I, I would have been forever so angry. I, know, <laughs> like, I would what never are you doing? But it's kind of cool to say, hey, I mean, we're yeah, worth money. We're worth offer. something. We're worth more than nothing. All right. Any other questions? What about in yours? Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of one. So this one was uh, Joey Reedy. Uh, saw him yesterday. This would have been a good for Corey. Uh, question, which Celtics rookie are you most excited for next season? So I could be like, I Carson like, Edward. Oh, like yeah. I, like I saw Romeo Langford play Penn state. Uh, I was like three rows up and I told the like, friend next to me, I'm like, he's going to get drafted by the Celtics. So it was kind of cool that he was drafted by the Celtics. Cause, like I just ended up being right. So I kind of see if he becomes anything. I like Grant Williams a lot. He's kind of reminds me of like a Draymond green, except nicer. And then Carson Edwards, dude, all he has to do is be Eddie House. Like, basketball is my number one sport. Once NBA season comes around, like, I can bring that to the show with Corey. But, like, I don't know. I like Carson Edwards a lot. And then Tremont Waters uh, played really against him in AU, but I don't think he's really going to be anything. Yeah, I like. I think Zerbiak could have a really big year coming out. <laughs> he's the best NBA Live 2006 player of all time. I dropped 100 oh, points with him, oh, like, every time. That's when I got, like, oh, a PS2 playing in my room at, like, midnight when I'm supposed to be asleep. Um, he was he was the Kirk Heinrich of those days. Don't see one Kirk. <laughs> so uh, here we got uh, we have Glenn underscore Bo. What was the best item you saw sign yesterday at the Taco Fall signing? I had the Taco Bell tray. He was the guy that there was the kid that was in the news with me. Um, the best thing was this guy's forehead, Timmy King. Like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. And then a couple people ended up getting uh, some flour tortillas signed and all that. So, I mean, he signed a lot of people's shirt. He's got a really, I don't know, you probably can't see this, but he's got a really nice signature. Yeah, I saw it. He does have a really, really nice signature. Hey, so. did, you, did you see the guy who stole your stick? I think you threw him in a story, but. Oh, no, the taco thing? No, he's good people. No, I, I just wanted him like, oh, like, you guys are the first ones to do that. Like, you are very if, well documented. I mean, if anyone's stealing anything, I must be stealing El Prez's stick. I mean, like, dude, like, you can steal anybody or mimic what they do, but, I mean, you just keep reinventing. Yeah. Right, I just wonder what your thoughts were on it. Clearly, you're not going to start beef. I think it'd be funny to have a taco costume off and just people yelling at each other in taco costumes and saying who I started mean, it. But I mean, I think <laughs> I we're not going to take that route. <laughs> GRD and the Spike King. Um... We have uh, Ashwin underscore Prasad. Most excited Boston sports player to watch for this upcoming season, whether it's the NFL, NBA, NHL. Who are you most excited for to see in the next uh, fall sports? Kemba Walker. He's got to take Kyrie's spot of uh, that hostility, the worst Celtic season we've seen forever. Yeah, he's like, Wes has got it on. I don't know. I think he has. he doesn't really have big shoes to fill. Like, just be a nice guy and produce. <laughs> like, that's it. And be straight, like, shoot your shot straight. I think uh, I think he's going to be heavily anticipated to watch. Something that um, I'm going to say is because we never talk enough about it is I'm going to say Sedano Chara because he's cl like creeping up there in age and we have no idea how much longer he can play. Guys just coming off that Game Seven Stanley Cup, 
Like it should that should have been his last year. I think he has one more year left on his contract, yeah, and then that's it. <laughs> so I I feel like I'm excited to see what he can do because this is, might be his farewell season for the Boston Bruins. And uh, in hockey, it's really uh, really hard to get back there. The, uh, he broke his jaw, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's why I I'm broke excited my to see jaw that. when I was in eighth grade. I had my mouth wired shut for two months. <laughs> I didn't play hockey. I didn't do anything. I had, like screws in my face and everything. I couldn't eat solids for like two months. So no. if you go out there and play hockey after that, yeah, right. The show wasn't all about you. Quit on the spot, dude. I would have quit on the spot. That's the point. I want to tell. I want to tell my favorite player, Tyler. You already had your turn. Yeah, go, man. I don't know. We're not doing a new question. I'm just throwing my selfish nerves. Zach Mason, most overlooked interior lineman in the NFL. Dude is a freaking bulldozer and freakishly fast. If if you ever, I mean, if if you love football like me, then you like to rewatch the games and just watch the guards pull on every down. And there's nobody better to watch than Shaq Mason. That guy's. A freaking animal. Shout out to uh, Petey because him and Shaq are really close friends. And even Petey says the same thing. That guy gets zero credit for the stuff that he does on I, that whole line. Now, thankfully, we paid him somewhat. I mean, yeah. I, he's on, I, I think good. we still got him at a bargain. He would have, if he hit the open market, he would have restructured how guards is, His middle name's Hakeem, yeah. right? Because yeah. his mom was a huge <laughs> NBA fan. Like Shaquille Hakeem, uh, I'll take uh, three more questions, just being really quick about this. Uh, PhD, I can't even say your name. Will the, uh, will the Patriots have the number one, two, or three defense in the league or worse under that? LFG. The Patriots will be the best defense in the league by far. I think so. I mean, they look really good on paper, and they just the look really good in the lines. They look really good against the lines. So, um, you I can mean, be ranked number three by stats and still be the best defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just yeah, think in I, terms of like the eye test, the fantasy football points test, like uh, I would say the eye test. I mean, yeah. it has to be the eye yeah. test because yes, fantasy football be, points is not a good reflection of yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like people are like, oh, he's the first ranked defense, and like, all right, cool. They get a lot of interceptions. They also let up like four touchdowns a game. Last year, it was funny because Nate Burleson went on there last November and said the Patriots are a middle of the pack defensive team. They're not great. I thought last year's defense was actually really solid. They were just super inconsistent. They kept they those three home games after going two and two to start the season or whatever one and two those three games in a row they looked really good, but they kept letting up points after halftime. Except the Miami game, then the Jets game when we were down there in that Jets game, there was a fourth and it was like fourth and goal when they stopped the Jets on the line or some shit and they just had they were just inconsistent that's it they were really good defense last year i think this year they step it up a little bit more um and it's cool to see gerard mayo now back and having his him and gerard if you have jamie collins belichick just how funny is it to let up all those points 41 points in the super bowl and then they only have let up three the next year and it's because of pretty much it was because of belichick focusing on defense um timmy boomsauce chimed in uh who could give two shits about tom brady putting out his house on the market we talked about it last week. Do you have anything to say about that, Wes? It means literally nothing. Alex Guerrero's house just got put on the market, too, if you want to talk about that. I mean, it really has nothing to do. Like, someone messaged me and said that he knows the babysitter to, like, Tom Brady's kids. So or does everybody like. else. I know. Everyone knows somebody. <laughs> and they was just saying he's going to end up moving in Connecticut because he wants to be closer to the New York market to sell his brand and everything like that. They're just going to build a new house. And he's pretty much retiring in Connecticut, which is known for the wealthiest people to live there. All the millionaires and billionaires live in Connecticut. Worst state do, in the that, world. But they all do their business in New York City. They all live in Connecticut. Like, it's like the suburbs, and they all go do their business there. So Brady's kind of – Brady's here. I mean, when he sold his house and – 
out in California, everyone made a big deal about it, saying, "Oh my God, he's going to be in Boston forever." You know, everyone's overreacting to nothing. Two two quick questions. I mean, I mean Brady Brady pretty much lives in New York in the off season, anyways. And first off, it's going to take a long time to sell that house. It's not going to be yeah. an easy sale. It's a multi-million dollar house. It's not like a normal four, house. Four million or whatever was it? Yeah. Like two questions with that. Yeah. Do you think that Brady wins a Super Bowl, he calls it quits? And then you can always do it. If he loses the Super Bowl, do you think he comes no. back to try to win it? He's, he's literally playing until he sucks. Like, he is playing until his arm falls off. And it's going to put a lot of pressure on the Patriots because, let's say, the Patriots go 9-7. and seven, And Brady had a decent year, but he's, and he's still like an average quarterback, yeah. above average. Is Brady's mindset going to be, you know what, I'm still going to keep playing until I literally fucking suck? Like, well, it did well, what dude, he and they could blame it on the other on. parts. What were you going to say, Wes? Tom said, I'm going to play till I suck. What has he not followed through on? I know. Like, nothing. So, like, I, 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 I think that winning or losing the Super Bowl has no bearing. I think and he I has also to play until he's not good anymore. I also think that if he tears an ACL, God forbid, or he gets hurt, and he takes a year off, he's coming back to try it out again. Like, he's going to try and still be like, I'm still doing this. Because, dude, he's still you, selling you, a brand. He's selling TB12 and doing all that. The longer he plays, the more he's going to sell his method. Absolutely. And, and you quarterbacks, especially a lot of those guys get the itch to come back and take phone calls on that. Anyways, Kurt Warner took a couple phone calls last year. Kurt Brett Favre, he just played. was in the news, right? Brett Favre was in the news because he got a call or something like that. Like he was thinking about making a comeback. I'm not sure how real it was clearly because it's not really happening, but really considering it, if it was the right situation, it's like, yeah, I mean, if Tom were to take a year off, I don't think that means anything. I think he's going to play until he's not good anymore. And, and not only that, it's kind of like, let's just say Michael Jordan, for instance. I mean, the guy went to the Wizards, and he still was putting up really high numbers. And it's just like no one remembers his Wizards stint. They're always going to remember him for on the Bulls in that short time. And he made a difference. Yeah. I know that a lot of people hate Brady, but if he keeps doing this at the level he's at, especially with the league keep changing rules where it's, it favors the quarterback, and he's doing things at 45 years old, and he's still like you know top 10 quarterback in the league, people are going to respect that, that his final year that he does suck, People are gonna forget about it. Like they're gonna be like, ah, oh, sorry. I know yeah. the haters. The haters will keep it. Oh, Brady sucked. Look at him. It's like, dude, he was forty-eight years old. Like you, you know, I know dude. Uh, because Manning's the same way. Like you remember his farewell. Like you remember he was gifted He's, a Super he, Bowl. He sucked, but he was a great game manager, and his mind helped him get into that Super Bowl. And I mean, his defense, defense obviously yeah. won it, but the mindset, yeah. But changing players on the fly and stuff like that, Trent being Dilbert. able, to, like he he was able to do that. So that's why Manning doesn't oh. get too much. Too much hate for well, that. his big play in those playoffs that was their momentum turning point would have been um, not in the AFC Championship, but when um, when they were playing, I believe they were playing Pittsburgh, and he fell down and got back up, and it threw off the timing of a play, and they got like a sixty-yard gain, and they they were in a position to lose the game before that, but just his quick wits is what kept him exactly. Kept him so Brady, Brady's got to be the same way because you look at Brady's arm starts say he starts falling off. Then all of a sudden, like uh, his his mind's just step in. But look at Brady compared to Manning or Brett Favre. Those guys in the offseason would drink beers, eat hot dogs and hamburgers, and like do what they got to do. Fourth of July celebration. You chuckle, but Brady takes care of his body. Yeah, He's got oh, the money. Right. Like you, like Wes says, this guy invests a million dollars into his body every year just to make sure it's staying at the top notch it can it can be. I don't and think- he keeps getting hit less, and his arm could get forty percent weaker, and we wouldn't notice. Now, Tom's all timing and short passes anyway. I mean, he's the, ma- he's the 
best of all time at it. I, I say that they should actually not play him the first four weeks every single year, like they did that year they won the Super Bowl, and let a rookie come in and, and, and learn the system and play those first four weeks because they could go 0-4, Brady steps in, they still could probably make the playoffs every year. And that could actually you know have longevity of his career there too. I think they should start looking into maybe not starting him once in a while, but I mean, or just playing mop-up duty, always having mop-up duty. I think this is the year they're going to pull 07. I, I look at a lot of people's faces. I think they go 16 and 0. I think this is the year that they really just say fuck it all and like let's try to do it one more time and let's try to just put the hammer down. And I hope that Josh Gordon gets reinstated before the season starts. And I hope that somehow Gronk just comes magically right back. And then they, if those two come in, they're unstoppable both sides of the ball. Um, last thing, because I have to get going. Is uh, will you be doing? This is uh, Kieran underscore B. Will you be doing a weekly podcast when hockey, basketball, and football start? So first of all, shout out to Fourth and Goal, Two Minute Drill, whatever you guys call yourselves, because you've been doing podcasts and no one even knows about it. So just to show you that you know no one's been paying attention to that. And uh, I keep hearing for the basketball, Corey always says, "Yo, don't worry about it. We got something coming down the line." Yo, don't worry about it. We got something coming down the line. I'll believe it when I see it. I think Dave is. The second he got it, he said he wanted to start something like that. I'll believe it uh, when I see it. Yeah, no, I think it'll happen. For them, gold. I don't. When's the last time they did it? Uh, I think a couple weeks ago. They have SoundCloud, but I just they don't promote anything. They don't promote that's there. They just put yeah, in their dude. link and think that people are gonna click it. I'm done trying to help them, dude. I've tried. I <laughs> let a fed a what is the saying? Let a horse of water didn't make him drink. I don't know something old timey. Then what else? Hockey? Yeah, I'm sure. Can we say that again? Or something. I don't know. I tried my best. It was a good effort. My That's brain was just an absolute shambles today. But yeah, is there anything else before uh, we wrap this up? Tattoo event. Go to it. August 22nd. It's free. It'll be a wicked fun time. Uh, you'll get to meet all of Ride the Wave personalities. <laughs> if people go to meet me, then they do not come for the right reason. I, I am a wanted, schlub. I, I am an absolute you, washed up scrub of a human being. <laughs> I can't wait to see you and Caden standing next to each other again. It's like, remember, do you ever see kicking and screaming? Yeah. It's like when they put like, <laughs> on the shoulders. So like the super yeah, guy. A mega human, yeah. Yeah, that's me and Caden. Yeah, you and Ambrose can form a mega human. I, I know you're going to be away, which sucks. But I did say this last night at the Taco Fall event. Someone needs to take a picture next to Taco Fall standing up, and it's somebody on someone else's shoulders. Need to see that picture sometime soon. Like, I, I want to do like that to on Corey's. One, like, I want to do, like, where somebody's standing on somebody's hand. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Standing on my hand. Unique that hasn't been done yet, and I think that's something that hasn't been done. All right, guys, that's it for today's Boston's Big Three episode. All right, we will uh, see you guys next week. Shout out 101100, uh, sponsoring the show. And uh, we will see you next week and Thursday. I promise you it will be a real good time. So uh, thank you for listening.